Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We do thank you for your mercy and grace, your salvation, the gift that you give us in Jesus Christ for confidence beyond the grave, the gift that you give us in one another in this life now. May we never take that for granted. Father God, as I open your word this morning, I pray that your Holy Spirit would empower the preaching, empower the hearing, and empower the application. I pray that your word would be made known by your Holy Spirit, and that we would all be changed uh, because we encountered you. We love you so much. We thank you for your chance to worship together. In Jesus' name, amen. So 2021, my idea was to have one, a one-off talking about 2021, because 2020 went so quick, it was kind of crazy, right? Like, we preached on habits in January, and by March, everything was off the rails. Everything was off the rails. I'll tell you guys. So I go, okay, 2021. Now, Bill, let's don't be overly optimistic, but what are some things we can say about 2021 that would be good for us? Even looking back on 2020, that would have been good for us. And so that's what I prepped, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I want to read you a list. <clears throat> you know, when I start thinking about who's a good model for that in the Bible, I always want to get like a David or a King Saul or a, you know, some obscure prophet. Or, and then it's like, Jesus, <laughs> he's a good model for this. I started thinking about Jesus' own life, his own priorities. Interesting, right? We just celebrated Christmas. Estimates are he lived about 30 years we know a couple things from his childhood, but truth be told, until he's 30, no ministry out of Jesus, no healings out of Jesus, and for three world-changing years, he loves and serves. I want to read this to you because we just had Christmas, and it's like, why did Jesus come? This was on a site called ecclesia.org, pretty cool. I didn't put it together, so I'm giving credit. 15 reasons that Jesus came. First, Jesus came into the world to save sinners. First Timothy 15. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, of whom I am the worst or the first. Second, Jesus came into the world to call sinners. Isn't that wild? Mark 2, 17. By the way, I started reading the Bible in a year again, so I'm back in Mark. If you want to read the Bible in a year, we're going Mark, Matthew, Luke, John, New Testament, Old Testament. You can go to familybc.org slash 365, and the plan is there. By the grace of God, I've done two years now. Man, how awesome. Get the scripture in us. Mark 2 says this. Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call sinners. Isn't that crazy? Jesus Christ came into the world to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came into the world to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20.28, The Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ came into the world to be king and testify to the truth. John 18.37, we just talked about this. Jesus answered, and you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and the reason I came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone who's on the side of truth listens to me. 
Jesus Christ came into the world to do the will of his Father. John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do what I want, but to do what God, what my Father wants who sent me. Number seven, Jesus Christ came into the world to be the light, so we don't have to live in darkness any longer. John 12, 46, I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should continue in darkness. Jesus Christ came into the world that men might have an abundant life. John 10, 10. Some of us know this one well. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. That's my barometer in the fullest. The glass overfloweth. We were snowboarding. I didn't get to go this year. A couple years, years ago, my brother-in-law thought it would be funny. He started pouring me. Want some water, Bill? I said, yeah. He started pouring and didn't quit until he made a huge mess. And he says, your cup overfloweth. Your cup overfloweth. Being a goofball. Abundant life. Listen, more than we can contain. That's a blessing. Nine, Jesus Christ came into the world to judge between those who see and those who are blind. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. I think it means those who think they see will recognize they can't see yet. Jesus Christ came into the world to preach the good news about the kingdom. Mark 1, 38. Again, just read this. Jesus said, let us go somewhere else now to a nearby village so I can preach there also because that is why I've come. You know, they want to go back and he says, we're going that way. New village. 11. Jesus Christ came into the world to die on the cross. John 12, 27. My soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Nope. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. 12. Jesus Christ came into the world to fulfill the law and the prophets. Matthew 5, 17. Don't think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but I came to fulfill them. 13. Jesus Christ came into the world to be a divider of people. This might shock you. Do not suppose that I've come to bring peace on this earth. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. For I have come to, quote, turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? Jesus, the peace bringer, but he's a difference maker. The sword there, I don't think is a battle sword. It's a division sword. It's that one that gets in your bone and marrow and separates out sin from holiness. And that's what he came for. And people are going to fight about it. People aren't going to agree. 14, Jesus came into the world as proof of God's love, of an anoint, uh, atoning sacrifice for our sins. Listen to this, church. 1 John 4, 10. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. An atoning sacrifice for my sin. If you believe for your sin, that means a payment was made on that cross for us. Last one. Jesus Christ came into the world because the Father sent him. John 20, 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, now I'm going to send you. Right? That's between resurrection and ascension. Job of the church. I know that was a lot. I just wanted to read it. I'll tell you what, man. 
People go, I want to hear a good preacher preach. Isn't the Bible amazing? That's just scripture. That's just somebody did some work and looked and said, How many, what does it say about why Jesus came? Internet, Google, took me like 30 seconds to find it. Isn't that cool? Scripture itself. Let's get into t- t- what we're going to talk about. We are going to set in a few texts. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to. By the way, JC and Chris set this ridiculous bar for how fast they can preach. I'm in big trouble. I'm trying, church. So I'm going to try not to talk fast. I'm going to try to discern the spirit and not make you overstay. Okay? I'm repenting 2021. We'll see. I try. I'm trying not to be self indulgent I mean, you know, I'm trying not to be self indulgent Turn to Luke. Uh, first, first point on the back of your sheet, if you got one. I hope you did. Well, how do you deal with long, your planning? Set your priorities. Set your priorities. Turn to Luke 4, 14 through 21. Luke 4, 14 to 21. Just want us to hear it. We'll talk, we'll talk through it. I'm not going to read it and talk about it. We'll just talk as we read. You've heard it before. Jesus returned to Galilee. Here's the first thing. In the power of the Spirit. You might remember Galilee and Nazareth where he was raised. There's questions because he's born in Bethlehem but raised in Nazareth. Is what it is. Do some research, sort it out. No big deal. But he was raised there. He went back to his hometown. But look, he went back in the power of the Spirit. News about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He had taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised his teaching. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been raised, and on the Sabbath, he went into the synagogue, as was his habit. He stood up to read. That's, a, by the way, a, a blessing. You show up a synagogue, you get to read a scroll. If you've never been to a Jewish synagogue, it's pretty amazing. And they have these kind of, the, the Bible isn't like this. It's like this. And you turn it. You don't touch it. They actually get it out of a case. You ever seen a Roman Catholic where they have the communion in a case? They have the Bible in a case at the synagogues. And when they get it out, they pray it around over their heads, and everyone comes out and kisses a shawl and kisses it. And it's, it's, it's strange, but it's kind of beautiful. By the way, side note, I was at the Jewish synagogue, and uh, an old man probably in his 90s saw a Bible on the floor, one of ours we brought in, because, you know, they don't really hand them out there. And uh, he picked it up and handed somebody said, you dropped this, because he thinks the word should never be on the ground, and he's a Jewish believer. Well, not in Christ, but, you know, honoring the word. So you get, you get the honor to read the word. They give you a stick with a Mickey Mouse finger on it. And you go, da 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 and you're reading it in Hebrew, not in anything else, okay? That's what Jesus, I don't know how he got the honor, how he got invited. He's in synagogue. He stands up to read. That means the text is pre-selected, by the way. Here's the word. The scroll of the prophet was handed to him, the prophet Isaiah. And unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. This is right out of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began, listen, he began 
by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. When you heard it, well, let's go back and look at that scripture, what Jesus says there. Here's what it says. Same thing about he came with the spirit. The spirit of the Lord is on me. That's fulfilled in their hearing. It's kind of a mystery, Jesus, son of God, and yet he's anointed by the spirit, right? Because, oh, the baptism, we see it. I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but because you would think Jesus would always have the spirit of God. But he wanted people to know the spirit of God is on me. And that's written in Isaiah. Why? Second thing, because he's anointed me. I have a purpose. You, you ever heard that? Why, were you, why are you here? What's the meaning of your life? Jesus is like, I've been anointed by the Father for a purpose. What are they, you might ask? It's a great question. Good job. They're listed. I've been anointed for this. I'm going to preach good news to the poor. Euangelion. Second thing. He sent me to what? Proclaim freedom for captives or prisoners. You're free. I'm in prison. You're free. Third. He sent me to for, for the recovery of sight for the blind. The blind will see. We heard that earlier, right? What else? Whew, come on. He sent me to release the oppressed. Just a little side note. Uh, we were talking about this a few weeks ago, but at Jesus' crucifixion, you got, uh, what's that dude's name, Barnabas? No, what's his name? Barabbas. I don't want to blame Barnabas. Barabbas, he's standing there with another, and they, the crowd screams. He goes, which one do you want? Barabbas the murderer, or do you want Jesus? And this crowd that's as dumb as we are. Give us Barabbas! Crucify Jesus! And you go, that's weird, right? Well, he hasn't done anything. Ah, kill him anyway. And you sit here and go, I wouldn't have said that. I'd have been like... Kill Barabbas, give us Jesus. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. We're dumb. We would not see it. But here's the point. In the moment where Pilate gives whatever, he decides. I don't know, gives him whatever you want to say. He says, take Jesus to be crucified. Set the murderer free. And the guards go. Imagine that. Known insurrectionist, known murderer. Some people said, not me and not smart enough, the first sinner freed by Christ. You don't die today. That's why he was sent, to set captives free, to release those who've been oppressed for years. How long, O oh Lord, will your saints suffer? Today, and you're hearing, this is fulfilled, he said in the synagogue. Last one, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know what that is? Every seven years, as a Hebrew, you had to forgive debts. That meant around year six, five, you quit giving out loans. Because <laughs> you only get two years payment, you got to forgive it. It's my understanding. 
But there was something else called the year of Jubilee. And after seven sevens, 49 years, everything had to lay fallow for one year to honor the Lord. And everyone was free of everything. The year of the Lord's favor. That's my understanding of this. And Jesus says, spiritual way and an eternal way and a gospel way, I'm declaring the year of the Lord's favor upon people. Three years of ministry, it wasn't exactly a year. Goes on to this day. What's my point? This is why he came. What's my point? Look at Jesus' life in the Gospels. Guess what? These are the markers. Oh my gosh, he stopped for that blind man. Oh my gosh, that woman touched him in his. Oh my gosh, I can't believe. That's so radical. He went to the children. No. It's all right there. Preach good news to the poor. Proclaim freedom for prisoners. Recovery of sight for the blind. I'm a little confused sometimes how you recover sight. There's like a do-over one. It's kind of interesting. Release of the oppressed and the Lord's favor. The kingdom of God is near. Let's turn to Luke 9. I won't preach this very long. This is one of my favorite. This is why Jesus gets the model prize for setting your priorities. 951, I believe it is. This is the most amazing one verse. Well, they're all pretty amazing, but uh, yeah, it's 951. Listen to this. As the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, that's a nice way of saying killed on the cross, he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Why do I love it? Because I've preached this before, y'all, but I'm not going to preach long this morning. But it's, there's, there's a, uh, the Greek mean says, he set his face like a stone. Have you ever seen Mount Rushmore? Those dudes can't swivel the necks. Wherever they're looking, they're looking forever. Forever, right? That's Jesus at the cross. He asks Peter, who do people say I am? Well, you know, prophet, this, that. Who do you say I am? You're the Christ, right? And then Jesus says, I'm going to die. In three days I'm going to raise. Peter says, no way. Not gonna. He says, get behind me. His face is set for the cross. This is why he gets the model price. Who else does that? No matter what it takes. All right, 951. He sets his face resolutely for Jerusalem and all it's going to entail. You got to set your priorities. Now, I want to take it off the high shelf of Jesus because it ain't fair because he's Jesus and none of us are. And I wouldn't put it on the low shelf of our real lives. Mine too, right? Let's look honestly at our lives. What are your priorities? Do you even set them? 2020, we did the habits. Had a plan. I don't know about you. Plan went out the window, right? Why? Why? I'm not talking to the media. I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to the church. Why? Why? When think, do you think Jesus is like, wow, didn't see this coronavirus thing? That's a shocker. Wow, didn't see this political unrest. That's, you think he's surprised? I always say that to friends who get cancer. You think he's like, whoa, didn't see it coming. I don't believe that. And yet, you know, hard times come and you go, plans, window, ah, panic, you know, chicken little. Sky is falling. It's not falling. Hair's on fire. Well, you set it on fire. You know what I mean? It's crazy. We all do that. What are your priorities? Here's another question for you. I just like to ask questions. 
How did you come to those decisions? Dartboard, right? Had a little too much champagne on Christmas or New Year's Eve, and you're like, you know what I'm going to do in 2021? You know, maybe. The old joke, three weeks in, everybody's out, over. Right now, exercise equipment, bye, 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 because I know in like a month you ain't going to care. You ain't going to care. What, listen to me, sets your priorities. I, only, I shared this with you before. I won't spend a lot of time, but I did want to share with you. I felt compelled to. In my house, I have this sign. If you come over and see me sometime, you'll see it. it hangs over the steps of the basement. I was at Greenville College, and uh, I had Old Testament survey class, and our final project was we had to take an Old Testament verse, make it ours, and explain why through art. Right? I mean, I'm a little artist, but I'm not that much of an artist. I'm not the messy kind, you know what I mean? Whatever. So I had this vision of what I wanted to do. I won't bore you with all details, but it was complicated more so than it probably looks on this board. I'll tell you the details. I had to use rattle can paint because I wanted to get that rainbow back there because God says, you know, I'll never destroy you again. Then I had to use this magic crackle paint, which they sell at Walmart and other places, where you paint it on and you paint something over it and it does that. So I wanted that rainbow promise breaking through. And then I wanted the stark black and white of the text. What that meant is I had to hand letter that stuff, if you can believe it, because I didn't want, I couldn't, you know, like, whatever, a template or whatever, because I didn't want it on the rainbow. Because I think that the promises are breaking through the word. Yeah, maybe I thought a lot about this. It's, I don't know, whatever. Hung on my house. Ever since then, that would have been, what, 2005. Came to faith in 2001. My proclamation. As for me and my household, we will follow the Lord. That comes from Joshua, right? I don't care what the world does. I'm doing this. Maybe. When I took it off the wall, it kind of got me convicted. Honestly, I can't control my household. Guess what? Kids grow up and do their own thing. I'm not in charge. They're on their own journey. God's being gracious to them. But what is your priorities? That was mine. Set it. Forget it. How many years ago? 15? It's still my conviction. I'll still own it. What are yours? What banner do you hold over your head and say, this is it for us? No matter what your siblings are doing, no matter what your parents are doing, no matter what your kids are doing, as for me, as for my household, here's our priorities. Okay, let's move on. Then once you make your priorities, here's the second thing. You've got to invest accordingly. Invest accordingly. Turn to John 12, 27. Jesus speaking. He says this. We heard this a minute ago, but I'm just going to talk about it for a minute. And now... My heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No way. It was for this very reason I came, into the, this hour, came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus knows his priorities are set, and he's going to invest his life accordingly. There's an implication here that the Father could save him still, avoid the cross still, Somehow, there might be another way. And Jesus is like, this is before the thing where he's praying in Gethsemane, right? But he's like, should I even ask? 
No way. Get this. You think about Jesus in Gethsemane before and Pilate and all that stuff. Wasn't that amazing when you talk about it? Every moment of his earthly life led to that place. Did you ever think about that? How did I get here? Every decision on your priorities. By the way, I ask you if you have priorities. Maybe you go, I don't. You do. You just don't know what they are. You're just washing in the wind. I'm not mad about it. I'm not even telling you, don't, don't get priorities. But when you do, you have to invest accordingly for this very reason. Every decision Jesus made led him to that place, first of all, that question, secondly, and that moment of conviction. I love it. No way. Of course, if you read the Bible, you know later on in Gethsemane, he says, <laughs> Father, if there's another way, I don't want to do this. But I want, here's my ask, I need it. But you, got, you can't stop there. You can say all that. You can tell them you want a Maserati. You can tell them you want a new job. You can tell them you want better kids, whatever it is. But you know what you got to do? Then at the end, before you stop, you open your hand and you say, but not what I want. That's Jesus' model. But what you want, Father. That's pretty amazing, right? But here has a conviction. I won't ask. Turn to John 18, 37. Pilate says this. We just heard this too. You are a king then, Pilate says. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason, listen to the word, I was born. You wonder why Mary had Jesus? You wonder why Joseph was the stepdad of Jesus? You wonder why God sent Jesus? Because I am a king. Here's the second thing. For this reason, I came into the world. That means appeared like a light, like a star, like a shining beacon of hope. Why? To testify to the truth. And then he slides this little thing in at the end. I kind of see it on the side. And everyone who's on the side of truth listens to me. That's funny for Pilate because later on he says, what is truth? <laughs> if you read the story. He's like, ah, what is truth? Some of us ask that, right? Ah, who knows anyway? I don't know if there's a God or not. Who knows? Nobody can know. Live how I want. Jesus says, I was born. Listen to that to be king. I, was, I came into the world to tell the truth. Can I ask you a little aside here for a minute, if I can have your attention? Just I know I'm asking a lot. Can we be people of truth? Not 80% truth, not the truth we like, not the truth on our side. Can we just go, have the courage to go, yeah, kind of, but not really. <laughs> There's this other thing. I hope we can do that as a church. I, we, we aren't Jesus. We're screwed up. But maybe we can get closer to being people of truth. I've heard it said that, uh, um, here's the question. Do you invest your time? Because I said invest, right? This isn't about money. Do you invest your talents? Listen, do you invest your passion, that thing in your heart that goes, yeah? Do you invest your efforts in the things that you've decided to prioritize? Or do you set priorities and you just go all willy-nilly? 
the fire of the day? Are you investing on purpose? Do you effort decide on priorities? I think that'd been a great thing for 2020 for a lot of us. I think it'd be a great thing for whenever, for all of us. And by the way, I'm not talking Jesus necessarily. I'm talking priorities. You can make these priorities anything you want. Work, family, anything. But do you invest accordingly? Here's a question. I always think about CPAs and auditors. I love them because they can, well, I love them when they're working for me because they can find mistakes before the government does. And uh, if a CPA or an auditor listen to what you say your priorities are and then open the books of your life, where they go, what? You told me this and you're doing this? Would they be shocked? Or they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're working the plan. You're planning the work. I heard it said one time that uh, somebody said, I can tell what you believe by what you do. Not what you say, what you do, right? It's true for all of us. It's a really weird thing about Jesus. He let his disciples hang out all the time with him. You guys don't hang out all the time with me. I'm not Jesus. You're not my disciples, but you're in my church. Do you see Bill when he's angry? Do you see Bill when he's screwing up? Do you see Bill when he's being stupid? My wife does. <laughs> All of us. My kids do. God help them. Do you see Bill when he repents? Do you see Bill when he confesses again that I'm going to apply the gospel to my stupid decisions and I'm going to change, repent, do something different? That's amazing to me that Jesus had that kind of intimacy. I will know what you believe by what you do. The only time I can think of Jesus leaving and not letting his, his they watched him eat. Chris said everybody poops. They watched him poop. Probably not watched him, but you know, they knew he did. They watched him do all these human things. They watched him interact with women. And then they watched him. The only thing I think of him, he went away to pray. He'd leave him behind to go get alone with the Father, right? Here's the, the question for the section, final question of the section. What good is setting priorities if they don't prescribe your decisions, if they don't prescribe your actions? They don't prescribe your behavior. What have we done? Worth asking. Last point. We'll wrap it up. Follow with conviction or passion. So you've set your priorities. You've invested accordingly your time, talent, treasure, effort, passions. But then when you go to get it, get excited about it. You made a decision for a reason. Don't just put it on, oh, well, we'll see if it happens by magic. And that happens sometimes. But be passionate. One of my favorite things about Jesus, which is crazy, is it says he was moved with compassion. And that's he was sick in his guts about what it was. We read from Luke, these things were filled in your hearing. You know why? And he didn't heal all the blind people. But you know why? Call them over here. What do you want? Lord, I want to see. See. Because in his gut, he wanted to change that. Right? That's Jesus. I'm just I'm talking about you. Do you pursue your passion? Do you pursue your in, uh, convictions, priorities with passion? Not just a casual, yeah, we'll, we'll work the plan. Colossians 3.23, I have it up here on the screen for you. It says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. I want to do something for those of you who maybe don't believe in Jesus. I want to take out the as on the Lord. If you believe in Jesus, 
work as unto the Lord. And I'm telling you as a believer, I don't always or even often do that. I work as if I'm working for myself. I work as if I'm working for human masters, my wife, my expectations of others. But I, I'm just confessing, and I've had people who've lived this first. I'm not often thinking, this is for the Lord today. I want to take that out for people who may don't believe in Jesus. Work as if you're working for something more important than earthly masters. You don't like your boss, so what? It's your job. You're, you don't you want to go in and just give them a little bit that you can give them? Why? That's about you. You don't like it? Get a different job. Get a better one. I'm not mad about it, but don't go in there and give them a nickel for a dollar and act like you're doing some big rebellious work. That's your character. Believer or not, what are your convictions? Who are you? Let me flip it. You got a crappy job? Let me tell you how you get promoted. I think, I think so. Do the best job ever with a crappy job. Admit it, this job stinks. And then decide, but I'm going to do this job. People are going to be like, what in the world? Nobody's ever cleaned a toilet like that. Guess what will happen? Somebody's going to go, we need you to clean the office. We need you to start working for the company. I mean, I've seen it happen. It's not that the job's too small. It's that you're being too small. Be bigger. Work as if you're working for something other than human masters. You're going to try to please your boss. It's never going to happen because we're sinners. There's not enough. Bring me more. Bring me more. Come on. Set your priorities. Work. Stand on your work. Cross the board. Right? I've heard it said, of course, you have too. If you love what you do, listen to me, young people. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. If, you're, if you find something you're passionate about, the money comes. Not always. Sometimes, you know, I'm not being mean, but artists and stuff, you know, it's pretty tough. <laughs> but for most times, my wife loves real estate. Money comes. She don't work for money. Church, I don't work for money. You tolerate me. <laughs> I, would, I would do this job for free. I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could say, I didn't take no money from you. be like Paul, but I can't because you all are blessing me. Find a job you would do for free. Do it well. Money comes. Last point then. I took God out. Let's put God in. Turn to Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. We're going to read it and talk about verse 10 only. Listen to the word, though. It's important to hear. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Dead. In which you used to live while you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Okay, I said I'm not by God for a minute. You mad at people who don't believe in Jesus, people acting stupid? This is it. They're just being obedient to the spirit of the air. They're disobedient to God. I'm not mad about it. You shouldn't be surprised as a Christian. It's right there. Verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time. Hear it. All of us lived among them at one time. You ain't no better. Gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following the desires and thoughts of our hearts. Like the rest, we were by our very nature, 
objects of wrath. That's God's wrath by our nature, by our birthright. We were sinners, rightly judged, rightly condemned. Listen, rightly bound for hell. Verse 4, but because of his great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. That's anointing. Even when we were dead in our sin, it is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus the man, right now, right hand of the Father. And if you believe in him, you are sitting in Christ, with Christ in heaven, even though you're still in the screwed up world right now. Know that's true. In order that in the coming ages, not now, in the coming ages and what's next, God might show his incomparable riches of grace because he saved sinners like us expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus man can Paul write or what verse 8 oh, you've heard this for it is grace by grace you've been saved through faith and that faith was not from yourselves it was a gift of God not by something you did so that none of you can boast or be proud. I want a tangent. I won't. Verse 10. Why? Because all of us are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to what, church? Do good work. When? The things that God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that amazing? You are his workmanship. You're on his clay wheel. Your life's been hard. He's shaping you. Why? So that you can get out in this nasty world and do good work. When or what? The very things he made you to do. Don't, don't think it's because it's Jesus. He's the only one that's got a purpose. That's crazy. If you're born again in Jesus Christ, there's a purpose. And by the way, don't think it means you've got to be a preacher, you've got to be a missionary. Maybe you do, but maybe you don't. I won't get into it. You know what I'm saying. Businessman, businesswoman, husband, wife, child, parent, neighbor, right? Christian, you are born with a purpose. Listen to me. Do you believe that God created you for a purpose? Anybody, if you're a non-believer, do you believe that you were made for a purpose? I'd say figure that out. Keep asking God. You don't believe in Jesus? Keep talking to God. Or you know what? Keep fighting with God because that works too. But don't reject him. Don't ignore him, that's stupid. For believers, do you intentionally connect everything you do to Christ? That crappy job, that bad relationship. Do you just go, I don't know what to do, I'm anxious. Like Dale talked about this morning. I'm gonna trust Jesus. Father, help me. 
help me do this. Pray with me if you would. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning, for a chance to be together at your church. pray you were honored. I pray that uh, your word draws us nearer to you and that in the process of what you've shown us and in the, in the I'm not the talking about the word, the, the living of it, and not for me or Family Bible only, but for anyone who hears and anyone in this life, I pray you to awaken us to the truth of the power of the gospel in our lives. We love you so much. And tr- Father, we can't do it without you. We believe in Jesus. We can't do it without his Holy Spirit. We, we cannot please you or succeed without you. So our ask is, if we don't know you, and you're knocking this morning, we're being stupid and saying no, you'd help us to say yes. That, that we would repent. That we would get on our face and say that simple truth, you are God and I am not. I need you. And that we would start to follow you that turning around in our lives. And for those of us who've been believers for a long time and we've just been like washing away the world, give us that North Star to fix on. Help us to connect our lives to the gospel. Make everything matter. And Lord, in the hard times, and the dumb times, and the times that we can't see you're working, give us confidence that uh, despite all circumstance, you know what's up, and you have a purpose. Help us to find that. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.